You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Jim Monkmeyer, President of Transportation for DHL. An increasingly interconnected supply chain is forcing the industry to evolve to capture, process, and respond to an ever-increasing stream of data. And making sense of that data comes with its own risks and costs. Jim Monkmeyer of DHL joins us to share his insights into what companies can do to better respond to the issues that can be expected and better prepare for the unexpected. Joining me this morning is Jim Monkmeyer, President of Transportation for DHL. Jim, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast. Absolutely. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, Jim, can we get a quick introduction to who you are and your role with DHL? Yeah, uh, I am uh, president of DHL Supply Chain uh, Transportation uh, for North America. So I'm responsible for the managed transportation services we provide as well as the freight brokerage services. When we think of DHL, many people think of expedited and supply chain, uh, but you've also got a number of transportation solutions. Can you give us a brief rundown of the services that you offer with that regard? Yeah, sure. That's correct. Uh, Within the supply chain division, we offer four distinct services. These include managed transportation, which is more or less a turnkey transportation service. It may or may not include the activities of control tower, uh, procurement of transportation, audit and payments, and continuous improvement reporting services. Then we have our dedicated fleet services, which provide shippers with dedicated trucks and drivers for the more complex and repetitive situations that. or perhaps where you want to advertise your brand on the side of the truck. We also offer a traditional freight brokerage for those challenging lanes, projects, spot capacity needs. And then finally, we have an LLP or lead logistics partner service, which kind of accesses all three of the other services, as well as providing value-added services and global coverage. And one of the buzzwords that our audience is keying in on these days is digitization. Um, How does a mid-market company that may not have the resources of, say, DHL, uh, how would they get involved with the digitization of freight at the small to medium enterprise level? Sure. I think there's a couple of different ways. Uh, first of all, uh, more and more of the tech companies are developing buy-the-drink capabilities and costing. Uh, for example, one hot area of investment right now is in digital freight marketplaces. These markets offer up freight or capacity on a shipment-by-shipment basis uh, that you can access on your cell phone. And there are many other capabilities uh, that just require the users to have a smartphone to access and use. Secondly, uh, you can work through a third-party company like DHL uh, that have invested in large-scale technology from TMS systems to visibility tools to business intelligence. And they can share the cost of these tools, allowing a small to medium company to use off-the-shelf capabilities without the upfront investment. And, and the learning that they'd have to invest on their own. And what's driving that move to digitization? Is it the development of e-commerce or is it a, a cost-cutting measure or a, maybe a combination? I definitely think it's both. Uh, new capabilities often require some type of an event uh, to help push adoption. But uh, first, in the, in the B2C marketplace, companies like Amazon have responded uh, to consumer demand by creating more and more of these user-friendly type capabilities. Uh, those users are moving into more decision-making roles uh, within uh, shippers and manufacturing companies. And they're asking the question, hey, why can't we do this for our B2B customers as well? 
this has opened everyone's eyes, I think, to a whole new world of what supply chain and logistics can be. But then you also have things like the driver shortage and capacity constraints that have destroyed transportation budgets this year. And that's created a whole new sense of urgency and kind of forced those who may have been a bit more risk averse to take a look at these as well. Yeah. Now, would another part of that trend be driven by the immense amount of data that we've been capturing these days with things like the the Internet of Things and mobile devices and big data in general? Yeah, that's a great point. You have uh, these relatively new capabilities that are just now becoming real options, I guess, for companies uh, such as big data, uh, powerful analytics tools, and of course, again, mobile technology. Now we can suddenly store and make sense of huge amounts of data and do things at a reasonable cost that were just not possible a decade ago. And speaking of things that are possible, there's been talk of making that data much more actionable, such as enabling machine learning to look at continuous activities so that decision makers can really operate in real time, more or less. Is that effectively something that's going on now, or is that still something that's far off into our future? Well, it's definitely going on now uh, to some extent. I think there's a lot more opportunity coming in the future. Uh, This is uh, in particular one area that I'm excited about uh, for the future of logistics. Uh, You have companies that are using software now to look at uh, photos of store shelves, and using that uh, in an automated fashion to determine uh, order quantities. Uh, You've also got mapping software that's getting more and more complex and advanced. Uh, If you think about your apps for uh, driving, but again, the same applies to uh, trucking services and transportation, uh, they just continue to improve. Um, I can tell you, I'm one of those people who loves to go off route when I hit heavy traffic. I just don't completely trust the mapping apps, you know, to tell me the best way to go. And I always feel like once you hit traffic, your arrival time just keeps backing up and backing up, right? And so I like to go off route uh, to see if I could beat the system. You make a turn and suddenly your arrival time is 10 minutes sooner uh, because you're on a route that the system just couldn't or hadn't yet considered. And uh, But these systems are then learning. They're taking that into consideration and saying, okay, here's another route that you could take that could be, in comparison, a better route to take. And so these algorithms just continue to improve and improve. Uh, another area where machine learning is being used, and you, you see this now more and more often, is these chat bots that you see online uh, for customer service or that you might uh, essentially be using over the phone. They're still a bit rusty sometimes and frustrating, right? But when they ask you a question, they'll also ask at the end of the process, did I answer your initial uh, concern? And if you say no, and they eventually get you to the right answer, they learn from that in many cases, and they can take you to those answers uh, faster. And so those tools are going to become more and more useful and actually be faster to get answers from than a human, not to mention, of course, the cost savings. Now, on the flip side of that, uh, with all of the data and uh, you were mentioning traffic and frustrations, with all of the supply chain more interconnected, the risks and costs of disruption tend to go up. So what can shippers do to get in front of the expected disruptions and still prepare for some of those unexpected ones? Yeah, great question. So um, first of all, obviously better planning in advance. Some of these disruptions we know about, we know about hurricane season and uh if we're not taking those seriously, they just seem to get more and more intense each year. Uh, but 
so, so by analyzing your uh, customer order patterns, your uh, shipping patterns uh, and routes, uh, we can uh, continue to improve where do we actually store the inventory um, and uh, and prepare ourselves in advance, either before the season starts or as a, a storm is looming, um, if we have that type of advance notice. But then there's always the uh, unexpected incidents that are much more difficult to predict. Uh, having access to data, making sense of it in real time becomes critical to order to respond, I guess, to uh, uh, the needs on a real-time basis. At DHL, one example uh, that we've developed is a system we call Resilience 360 that tracks and monitors supply chain disruptions around the world. Uh, with advanced technology, we can identify disruptions over the internet and on social media in an automated fashion. Then using the real-time visibility in our transportation management system, we can quickly communicate to our global control tower personnel the orders and shipments that might be impacted and then have a discussion with the customer or with carriers to take alternative actions. This was uh, just not available to us in the past and now uh, is reality. And one disruption that's facing the industry today is the institution of tariffs uh, on goods from China. Uh, what's your take on that developing situation and how is DHL managing that new economics? This is a really tough one. I ask uh, my shipper customers about this uh, in essentially every meeting I have now, and I get different answers. Of course, some industries are being impacted directly, others not yet, um, and maybe not at all. Uh, our hope is that these tariffs uh, are being implemented only on a short-term basis in order to get people to the bargaining table, right? But I'm also always fascinated by the discussions, and a lot of times the impacts are not what you would expect them to be. It's secondary or tertiary uh, types of impacts that these tariffs are having on the business. And so I think uh, the only thing we can do at this point is uh, just stay very, very close to the legislation, consider the impacts, and have a very nimble supply chain or a supply chain partner that can help uh, with uh, making making uh, rapid adjustments to uh, to account for these additional costs. Now, if we're talking more locally, the capacity crunch uh, is top of mind for a lot of our shippers. Have you seen that, and has it forced companies to take a more tactical approach to their supply chain challenges? Yes, absolutely. In many ways, people are saying uh, the technology is great, but it takes an investment and time to have an impact. What can I do to help me offset costs and find trucks today, right? The old models are in many ways out the window. Private fleets, dedicated fleets are suddenly more cost competitive now than, than uh, at least by comparison to using outside carriers. We're seeing an impact there in a shift uh, towards something uh, you know that's a bit more controllable for the shipper manufacturer. Uh, that may be an option. Freight brokerage uh, may be a new way to uh, find additional carriers. Uh, DHL works with over 14,000 qualified carriers today, and no shipper obviously can maintain those types of relationships. And you can go beyond that to the digital freight marketplaces that I mentioned earlier. Uh, these guys are, are really, as it turns out, specializing in getting to the end of the bell curve when it comes to owner-operators and small fleets on a real-time basis. One of the things that might be uh, contributing to uh, that capacity crunch is what uh, our audience is calling the supply chain talent gap. Uh, is that 
something that's going on? What have you noticed there? And does DHL have any programs to try and address that? Yes, definitely. Uh, talent challenges are they go far beyond just the driver's uh, situation. We have a number of programs and more on the way uh, to try to address that. And it's getting more and more challenging. Probably of most significance is our dock to driver program. Uh, you know, warehouse, our warehouse footprint for DHL, we're the largest uh, third party logistics company in North America from a warehouse perspective. And so uh, we have a, a talent pool that we can pull from there. Uh, to uh, essentially bring more drivers into the workforce. We also have uh, an internship program that is very, very significant. We uh, work with dozens of universities, primarily with supply chain programs. We have 150 interns each year. And uh, at the end of the summer, we fly those interns into Columbus and uh, have a program for them, obviously with the focus being on uh, keeping those uh, interns uh, within DHL in the long term. Coming full circle, we need to be talking about technology with the young people that are making career decisions. I do believe that logistics is the place to be right now. And I think we just uh, need to learn how to get the word out about that uh, uh, to the, those students that are making career decisions. All right, and speaking of getting the word out uh, for students, for uh, shippers, for uh, the rest of our audience, where can they go to learn more about DHL and all your offerings? Sure. Uh, they can go to our website, logistics.dhl, and get a lot more information there. Great. Jim Monkmeyer, thank you so much for taking some time out, and I uh, appreciate it. Best of luck to you guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.